This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Dave Woodard. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Libby off for the holiday. She's back in this chair, though, tomorrow. Uh, glad to be here. There's lots to talk about today. Toronto Police Inspector Chris Boddy is in studio. He'll take all of your questions about Toronto policing in about 20 minutes' time. But first, what would you think if I told you that gas prices across the board were going up tomorrow? Two cents a liter at the pumps. How about three cents? Four cents? You'd probably be pretty annoyed. All of that based not on traditional supply and demand costs, not on market prices and fluctuations, but because of a move that your government made. Well, that's what's going to happen New Year's Day when the Liberal government's cap and trade program goes into effect. Not only is it going to affect you at the pumps, four and a half cents a liter on average, but it will also affect those who use oil furnaces or natural gas to heat your homes. All this while people continue to phone in telling me how impossible it is to pay for their hydro bills in the first place, never mind issues with gas prices. We want to hear from you about this cap-and-trade plan. Is it needed? Will it mean you'll have to make more choices on fundamental rights? 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. We're going to talk about the price at the pumps in just a bit with Dan McTagg, the senior petroleum analyst with Gas Buddy. But right now on the line, we have Tom Adams, an independent energy advisor. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Thank you. Okay, first off... What does this cap-and-trade plan mean for Ontarians? Well, um, on the home heating side, what, what the government had been saying all along, from the time they announced the program up until just, uh, just, just before Christmas, the, the, the talking point coming out of Queen's Park was a $5 tax on um, uh, natural gas bills. Um, uh, but uh, like I say, just before uh, Christmas, just in, in the days before Christmas, the Ontario Energy Board uh, released um, an obscure um, uh, reference document for natural gas price adjustments, something called QRAM, the Quarterly Rate Adjustment Mechanism. And hidden in there was notice that uh, it's not 5 bucks a month, it's up to $6.70 a month. Um, uh, that that'll be implemented starting July first, uh, January first. Right, and I think one of the, the the big issues with a lot of this, Tom, and and uh, uh, we've talked about this before, but a lot of this is kind of tied to market rate adjustments. So really, the the Ontario government's putting out these numbers, saying this is what's go- what it's going to cost, but we really won't know until January first, right? Well, it is a floating program. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, and the, so the, the, uh, the ultimate impacts, uh, you know, are forecasted but, but, but not known uh, with certainty. Uh, again, going back to, like, the, the government's original forecast about how this 
program is going to roll out, um, if everything works out as the government says, the um, uh, the the overall impact it, it works out to being something uh, uh, just a little bit short of four hundred bucks per household per year. Wow. Okay. Uh... One of the things that happened in the last month or so, we had a, um, an Auditor General report uh, that came out. Bonnie Lissick said in her report that the Liberals plan to make $8 billion from cap and trade from 2017, so next year till 2020. How exactly does that break down? How are they going to make that kind of money? Well, uh, the, the Auditor General has uh, you know just done another fantastic uh, although sobering and and um, and not very um, uh, not not a very cheery kind of analysis but but we as citizens in Ontario owe our auditor general a, a real big vote of thanks again for another uh, you know just outstanding piece of research so the auditor general uh, tried to tried to get a breakdown of uh, of what's going on with this cap and trade thing right and and one one of the alarming uh you know observations coming out of this um uh, is that that really one of the primary functions of the cap and trade program is to act as as effectively a, like a check kiting scheme um, uh, and w- w- the way it works, the, I mean, the Ontario government understands that they're in terrible trouble on the electricity front. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the chickens have come home to roost. A lot of bad decisions over the last 10, 12 years have, have finally caught up and they're starting to show up on power bills. Rates are going up. Customers are really alarmed. Um, uh, the government's looking for some kind of containment strategy on all this. Well, um, so that turns out to be the largest single um, uh, outlay of the revenue coming in through the cap and trade program is going to be a, uh, to fund a band aid to cover up problems on the electricity bills. So we get this new tax on uh, natural gas, uh, on on road fuels, on uh, on you know oil for home heating, propane. Uh, um, uh, all those things are going to be loaded up with a new tax. Those tax costs, uh, these these carbon taxes, are going to filter through the whole economy. You know, if your your grocer is is paying a cap and trade tax hidden in this cost of transportation. Of course, that flows through to the cost of eggs and milk and bananas. Um, uh, so so the, the, this new flow of revenue coming into the government, the largest single item where that revenue is going to go is to subsidize the cost of electricity. <laughs> so, so just think of this, right? Like we've got a you know a, a costly policy disaster on the electricity file. The, the solution that the Ontario government comes up with is create a new costly bureaucratic, you know, uh, um, uh, expensive tax revenue stream uh, in order to to cover the the problems on electricity. It's just. It, it's kind of comical. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't be laughing. I mean, this is affecting a lot of people, but you can't help but but look at the irony of it. You know, the the fact that the the provincial government rather is making up a, a program in order to help pay for hydro costs, which, as we know, in the last year of 
completely skyrocketed uh, to a point where a lot of people are having a hard time uh, paying their hydro bills. Now, you touched on it already, Tom, the non-transparency of all of this. And part of that issue is the fact that goods and services, things like you mentioned them, you know, bananas, groceries, those are going to have that hidden cost. How exactly is that going to work? Well, um, uh, the the cap-and-trade program, the basic concept of the cap-and-trade program is that, uh, you know, there are a certain number of permits that are going to be issued by the government for uh, for anybody that's uh, emitting carbon dioxide to the atmosphere, and and that these permits are, you you know, uh, if you run short of permits, then you have to go out and buy more of them. Um, as the Auditor General points out, a lot of these permits are going to be purchased by Ontario businesses from businesses in California. Um, uh, so there's there's a very significant uh, uh, like cash flow, hundreds of millions of dollars a year anticipated to flow out of the Ontario economy um, into the California economy um, uh, to support emission reductions there um, uh, rather than emission reductions here. There's another one of these uh, um, uh, kind of convoluted storylines that the Auditor General lays bare for us. Um, uh, but the, the, the upshot of it is all of these costs just we were talking about natural gas cost impacts up at the front of, yep. you know of our conversation the 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 revenues to be uh, that are going to come out of the average household budget um, uh, associated with cap and trade only something like 20% of that is going to be uh, show buried in your natural gas bill it, it's not shown on your natural gas bill. The, the um, Ontario Energy Board, doing what appears to be the bidding of the Ontario government, made a ruling um, uh, late uh, this year uh, uh, that the uh, cost of cap and trade won't be disclosed as a line item on your natural gas bill. It will be buried instead in the distribution component of your charge. Um, uh, of course, if you're handy with such things, you can go and review the um, rate applications of the utilities and, and the various regulatory filings that run into the tens of thousands of pages. You'll, prob- you'll find the detail in there if, uh, if you're good at sleuthing that stuff out. How interesting. That's that's kind of one of the things that kind of scares me a little bit, Tom, is the fact that uh, things like the gas prices, even though we know that there's going to be an average about four and a half cents at the pumps, um, an increase, we won't know exactly how much it is. Uh, because they don't have to, you know, put that out there. They don't have to say, well, this much is from a cap-and-trade cost. Now, one of the last questions that I've got for you, Tom, uh, cap-and-trade. Is this the best system for Ontario, and how does it compare to other systems like uh, carbon tax or a gas tax? Well, um, uh, you know, of course, we already pay very substantial gasoline taxes and other sure. road fuel taxes uh, already. The, the, um, the like, we, we we talked a lot about the the costs of the cap and trade program. Um, we we all also ought to kind of address our minds to what are the benefits uh, uh, that that come from the cap and trade program. 
so the 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 whole notion is that um, you know uh, Ontario's got to uh, find ways of operating its economy with a lower level of of, of carbon dioxide emissions. Um, a, a lot of people you know, who are critics of the program say, well, you know, if Ontario reduced its, eliminated all its carbon dioxide emissions, it wouldn't make much difference to the overall world. Um, I, I kind of come at it a little bit different way. If we came up with a really good solution for how to live well and prosper um, uh, while um, reducing our carbon emissions, that would be a fantastic idea. You know, I'd, I'd be all in favor of, uh, of of more prosperity and less emissions. Um, but it, but it, it's really turning out that what we're going to get is is less prosperity um, and and almost no impact on emissions. So, from a from the from the point of view of the benefits. Of, of this program, of course, you know the costs are going to be substantial. Costs are not very transparent. The costs are going to show up in a lot of hidden ways. But the benefits, gee, I mean, we really have to ask ourselves: Is this all worth it? Is the the um, uh, the the amount of reductions that are going to occur here. Um, of course, a lot of these emissions are going to be taking place in California. The Auditor General has pointed out this is real big problems with possible double counting of emissions so we really don't have a good beat on on you know where the foregone emissions are and how much they constitute this whole thing has really not been thought through it really has and thank you so much again tom tom adams independent energy advisor uh you've joined us several times over the last uh, few months and we appreciate it every time you come on thanks tom so good really appreciate the chance thank you happy new year happy new year to you you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Dave Woodard. Welcome back to the show. Libby will be uh, is off today. She's on vacation this week. Jane Brown in this chair tomorrow. Now, the other part of this cap and trade issue is that gas prices at the pump are going up. On average, the province says gas prices will go up approximately four and a half cents a liter. Is that going to stop you from driving as often as you do? Or are you worried that it's going to cost you more in goods and services as companies pass the cost of doing business on to you? You can call in with your opinion, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. We'll take your calls in just a moment. But if you want to talk about the price of gas in this country, there's really only one person you can talk with. That's Dan McTagg, the Senior Petroleum Analyst with GasBuddy.com. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, Dave, it's great to be here, and uh, we're coming up to the day. Happy New Year uh, for you and all the listeners, and of course, uh, hope you had a great Christmas. Yeah, thank you. I wish you uh, a Merry Christmas as well. So what kind of effect is this cap-and-trade system going to have on gas prices? Well, it's pretty substantial, Dave, and I think while everyone's saying, oh, it's only $0.04 a litre, it's not just 4 to 4.3 cents a litre. The system itself really is a market. It's a cap-and-trade market, which means that it could go down a little bit, but it is likely to move up as more jurisdictions, in Ontario in particular, join it. There are only two jurisdictions right now that are part of this market. And basically, to understand what it does, is that if you are a refiner and you are emitting CO2 or carbon uh, dioxide, uh, you have to pay for uh, that amount. And, of course, 
That amount works out to, under the current regime, about 4.3 cents a litre with HST. It could go higher, and in fact, it will go higher if the federal government uh, continues with its plan to overlay this with what's called a carbon tax. So by 2018-2019, they're going to want a little bit more uh, of a tax on those emissions. So, of course, they're passed on to consumers, and the timing of this probably couldn't be worse. Here's why. On January 1st, we've heard a lot about it uh, here in business uh, news here that uh, uh, OPEC will be coming forth with an agreement to limit oil production for the first time in over two years. That's already starting to see oil prices and gasoline prices move up. So, you know, whereas we were paying a dollar a couple of weeks ago a liter for gasoline, we're now at a dollar eleven, dollar ten. It's probably going back to a dollar eleven or twelve by Thursday and Friday. And when you add that four point three cents a liter, Dave, you're going to wind up with a dollar sixteen point nine as we celebrate or maybe recover from our celebrations uh, on New Year's Eve. Wow. Do you think that we'll see a time? Uh, where we're getting up to $1.24, $1.25 a litre again? Well, easily. And I think that'll happen sooner than you think. Uh, more than likely towards uh, April, May, not just because of summer driving season, but because this, the uh, spec for gasoline, the, the uh, specifications for gasoline tend to be more expensive, harder to make, because you want to make sure gasoline remains less volatile as the price as the temperature goes up. So, you know, would a dollar twenty be un, uh, un, unusual or uh, un, uh, you know un, unattainable? I don't think so. I, but I don't think we're going to see a dollar leader anytime soon. There's another factor that a lot of people are not talking about, but which I'm watching very closely. The federal government, along with the U.S. government, changed the sulfur specs on gasoline. So, less sulfur parts per million in gasoline. We're going down to 14 parts per million. Technical for the point that uh, refineries in Canada are really scrambling to make sure that they meet that deadline, they meet that expectation, because I understand some refineries have not been able to do that. That could add some problems, disruption supply. It could also perhaps mean an extra penny or two. So that dollar fifteen, dollar sixteen point nine that I'm looking at, we'll be paying by Sunday. Could in fact be a dollar seventeen to a dollar nineteen, and that's without really the OPEC bite taking place. That'll push us definitely into the one twenty five range. Sounds like the question I should have asked is if we're ever going to see a dollar a liter again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we do. I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I prefer with lower prices. No one bothers me. No one complains. No, right. one, no one blames yeah. me. But uh, the reality, Dave, I think is that we've had it pretty good for the past two years. Governments have decided, and, and I must say, uh, people who grumble about this, uh, there are certainly those who cheer, but there are a number of people who are going to be upset. This was right front and center. Three of the four federal parties, uh, and I think at least all the provincial parties now support some modicum of carbon tax. So, you know, it's, it's, you get what you vote for, but more importantly, at the end of the day, it's nice to talk about how good and important this is, whether we agree with it or not. The reality is that the end user always pays, and that happens to be, you know, you and I, the ordinary stiff. Right. Now, earlier you were talking about how this is kind of a market situation in terms of fluctuations. Uh, It's going to go up. It's going to go down. I mean, isn't that kind of what normal market things do? Like if you have an RRSP or some kind of market fund, it it kind of evens out in the end. Do you not see that happening here? No, and I think it might actually hurt smaller independent players. And the reason I say that is because you have – you look at all the big companies that are trading on commodities markets. They have, you know – staff working 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year in places like Houston. So this carbon market, uh, which exists, in, and cap-and-trade market, which certainly has existed for some time, 
uh, first in California, then joined by Quebec about four years ago, now joined by, by Ontario. Large players can get better discounts than smaller players, and this may, in fact, put a squeeze on smaller players and only make a bad situation in Canada that much worse. I say that because one of the reasons I'm able to predict, Dave, you and I have done a 1,000 interviews on this in the past, yeah. is because there's no competition at the wholesale level. There's no right. competition among refiners. So whatever the highest price is for a commodity, you can be darn sure you're going to pay for it at the same time because we have very little competition left among retailers. That is, they're either chain run or they are... Uh, certainly uh, only willing to you know shave their three or four cents a liter that they have as a margin to operate. The reality is that we tend to pay much higher prices much quicker than the rest of the world, and that's why uh, the move to the system, uh, while it might be you know heralded by some, happens in a jurisdiction that doesn't believe in competition. That's called Canada. Wow. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, too, uh, Tom Adams brought it up uh, in the yep. previous segment. He was talking to us about how uh, some companies, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be passing on that cost of doing business, uh, which will be this carbon, uh, well, this carbon trade plan. Are we going to see oil companies or uh, oil refineries passing this on as well? Well, that's exactly what they're doing. And no wonder they want it. They're, they're happy to accept it. Understand that this carbon issue, whether you agree or disagree with it, and I think science is still not settled. And sorry, I'm one of those who happens to be a bit of a skeptic. Call me uh, a little uh, strange on those things. But after <laughs> serving 18 years as a member of parliament, a privy councillor in the House of Commons, I tend to try to look at the fine print. I'm not a scientist, but I don't appreciate when scientists try to become politicians and impose this kind of stuff on us. And I think what's going to happen here uh, is that you're seeing a lot of companies being bullied into saying you better accept carbon led by guys like our former governor of the Bank of Canada, uh, uh, Mark Carney, uh, who is, you know, if you don't believe in this stuff, you will be hounded. You will be, uh, we will make sure that uh, investors don't go in your direction. So I think that's why many of these large companies, oil companies, large uh, major emitters are saying, fine, we're signing on because at the end of the day, we can do so free and comfortable in knowledge that Canadians and consumers will pay for this. And pay they will, because it's not just gasoline. Diesel goes up about six and a half cents a liter. Diesel is used for pretty much every commodity, every form of transportation that's out there. So if you think this is just a, a question of hitting people with gasoline or with premium gasoline, think again. This will this will have to manifest itself at the grocery checkout in terms of higher energy for your propane, uh, for your natural gas. I mean, it's not five dollars a month. Trust me, it can be more like eighteen dollars a month for most uh, average uh, house dwellers and house owners. Uh, within the GDA. So uh, substantially higher than what I think people are expecting. Uh, and when they start to have to pay for this, I think the real question will be, is the science absolutely certain? Because if it isn't, the politicians are going to pay the price. Happy New Year to us. Dan, thanks a lot for joining us today. I'm sure we'll be uh, revisiting this uh, when we know the true cost of the cap-and-trade system. Thanks again. I'll be on with you guys on uh, Saturday to make sure you uh, know what the full impact is when the price does, in fact, go up uh, Saturday night to Sunday. Thanks so much, Dan, for joining us. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. Stephen and Markham, was one uh, call really quick. Uh, You have a comment on the cap-and-trade. Yes, I do. Um, You see... It shows how stupid people in Ontario are that vote for the Liberals for the last 13 friggin' years. Pretty stupid. Wanting the people want tax on gas to go up. They want that. They want their gas bill to go up. They want that. Look, you know if you vote Liberal, do you know if you walk outside and it's raining, you're going to get wet? You know if you vote Liberal, you know you're going to get perpetual debt. Ontario's debt is... Uh, I know. I would say Ontario will go bankrupt in uh, five five years. 
And that's well, that's what people want. Like, how stupid can they be? Stephen, I don't disagree with you. Thanks for the call. Uh, but as you heard with uh, Dan McTagg, uh, the uh, senior petroleum analyst uh, from GasBuddy.com, it doesn't matter what political stripe you're part of. They are all in favor of some kind or form of uh, carbon tax or cap and trade system. Uh, so I don't think it's a, necessarily a political issue as much as it is uh, a cost issue. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.